Laughter's great. I really love to laugh. Um, <clears throat> there's a, there was a, uh, an actor, director, way back in the 20s, and his name was Harold Clerman, and one thing that he would say is, uh, he said, laughter is, is, is highly important. Um, he says, the truth often is hard to swallow. It's bitter to the taste. But <clears throat> when you make people laugh, and when their heads are back and their mouths are open, then you can pour the truth in. And it's true. Uh, one thing that I love is that laughter helps us lower our defenses, kind of lets our guard down just a little bit. And that's the way we should be when we come together, isn't it? Matthew 18 says, where three or more are gathered together in the name of Jesus, he is here. And if he is here, then shouldn't our guards be lowered a little bit? Shouldn't we want to walk into this place I would say defenseless to what God has for us. And this is why we laugh, because some people who walk into this room today, some people who are watching from, from home or wherever you are, it's not been a very good week. It's not been a very good month. For some, it's not been a very good year. And I'll get a little personal here for a second, but this has been a, a difficult year for me. Uh, probably for my family as well, you know, and just when you think you're getting out of some things, you know, you break your ankle. It's been kind of a tough, a tough go, right? Um, when you hear the word cancer, it's a traumatic experience. And the journey that follows is a little bit traumatic as well. And I know many people in this room have endured way more than I ever will. But you know what I'm referring to. It's, it's a little bit of a difficult journey. I remember whenever I had finished my radiation this past February, I was so excited. And when I walked out, I was ready to ring the bell. They don't have a bell here. There's no bell. So I'm just looking for any metal I can to try to bang it, you know, and it, it's not really working. So I was kind of a little disappointed. But I remember a few uh, weeks later, I had gone back to the, to the doctor and he gave me some great news. You know, he said, hey, your numbers are great. Everything's awesome. And whenever I walked out of that building, the bells at the Catholic Church were going strong. Isn't that great? It's like God was looking down and saying, I know you're a little disappointed. How about we just play them for everybody? God shows up like that in those moments whenever you least expect it. For many of you, and I've talked to several of you, you've talked about how God has shown up. You've talked about how... There were moments in your journey that you had to choose to keep going. You had to choose to keep walking day after day. God encouraged you in the middle of the trauma that you experienced. And I think that's very inspiring to me. That you chose to keep going even though the future seemed uncertain. So I'm telling my wife you know, kind of things I'm going through. And, and I'm like, man, I'm really trying to get back to who I was, you know, before, before all of this. And, and it's just not, it's not clicking, right? I'm trying to get back to who I was. And in her profound wisdom, she just says, Scott, stop. You're never going to be the person you were before all of this happened. You're different now. You're, you're different fundamentally. And you'll never be that person again. In fact, this is maybe God giving you an opportunity to choose the you you're going to be. Choose who you're going to be now. 
And that was, that was so encouraging to me. And so I started asking myself, am I going to be somebody who's carried along by my circumstances, or am I going to be somebody who is going to choose to become more intentional, more proactive in the way that I live? So uh, a few weeks ago, we had this conversation probably a month or two ago, and a few weeks ago we got a package on our front porch, and uh, it, was dr- uh, it came in packaging. I think they're trying to promote the new Lord of the Rings series, so it came in this Lord of the Rings packaging. And, uh, and Shelly's like, what is that? So I decided I'd have a little bit of fun, and I said, oh, well, that's, that's my elf costume that I'm going to wear on Sunday for the sermon illustration. She says, no. I said, oh, yeah, it's great. I tried it on virtually. She goes, no. I said, Shelly, it's going to be perfect. The ears, they look perfect on me. She says, Scott, is this the you you want to be? <laughs> oh, I thought that was so funny. Uh, the reason I'm talking about this is because we need to realize that our church has been through some trauma as well. Our church has been through some trauma. Now, the last several years have been difficult for churches across the world. I would say they've been difficult for churches in our particular country. COVID has wreaked havoc on attendance, on people just figuring out what they want to do on Sunday morning. You know, some people who stayed home initially have just stayed there. Some people have left churches because they're like, you know, I was coming, uh, I was really on the fence about coming before COVID. And COVID just kind of made them realize, eh, I'm good. So our churches look different than they did. Congregations are different. But how we come back from it is going to be something we all have to choose. And the wisdom of my wife speaks very profoundly and loudly into this particular situation. We will never be the same church that we were before this COVID thing happened. It's not going to, we're not going to be able to go back. We're we fundamentally different. But God has given us an opportunity here, a choice to figure out what kind of church we're going to be, what kind of followers of Jesus we're going to be, how serious we're going to be about this. And have we ever thought about it this way before? And I know some people disagree with me and they say, well, you know, this is God's church, it's not mine. And I get it. I I believe that. But I think how we choose to listen to the Holy Spirit, how we choose to follow God personally, collectively, it is up to us how we are going to choose to follow. And there's always a choice. Always. Each and every day we have a choice. Whenever you listen to Moses telling his people way, way back in Deuteronomy 30, he gave them this choice of living lives that were going to be blessed or living self-centered lives that were going to be, you know, end up being cursed. And this is the encouragement that he gives them in Deuteronomy 30. He says, now choose life that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God Listen to his voice and hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life. 
who we choose to be and how we choose to follow both individually and as a church have always been up to us. Now next week we're going to begin a series of lessons both in class time and in here that's going to go through the work that our vision team has been going through over the last you know, 14 months. The work that our elders have been going through. We're going to be kind of working through where the Spirit is leading us. But I wanted to prepare us this week to think about a few things as we come back next week. Because I think this is fundamental conversation. It's foundational, I believe, to this idea of vision, mission, choice. And I'm going to ask you two questions. The first question is why are you here? And I think that that's important. We don't often ask ourselves this question. I know our teens ask that every Sunday. <laughs> All right, I did. Why am I here? Because mom said so. The second question is this. What kind of church do you really want to be? So the first question, why are you here? I'll ask it again. Why do you continue to come here week after week? Are you here for the coffee? Are you here for the conversation? Are you here for the kids moment? Because some of them are really funny. But they also teach things that I, in a way that I could never really teach. Because they have a little different voice than I do. Are you here for the children's moment? Are you here uh, to check off your boxes? Are you here because mom said so? Are you here to catch a glimpse of God, maybe? Maybe you're here because you need encouragement. Maybe you are here because, man, you are just, you just keep looking for a reason to believe. And you're trying so hard to figure out if this is really worth it. Maybe you're here because of all of those things. We all have different reasons for coming. I know we do. For many of us, we look at this church as our home. We're invested. We celebrate when things are good. We get a little nervous and afraid whenever things begin to look a little different. You know, we may find ourselves in such a routine that we get f caught up in focusing on those issues that, that really are the most visible. While we might miss some of those things that need, really, really need more of our attention than we give it. Maybe the quiet and hesitant guest who kind of lingers and not too many people say hello. Maybe we should be paying attention to that wounded person who's just trying to make it through another day. And as odd as it may sound, I think sometimes when we gather together, I, I think sometimes, and I know this is the way it is for me, we tend to forget that we're gathered together. I think sometimes it's almost as if we're a bunch of individuals in a room. And we're like, don't talk to me. I'm focused. Sometimes I think we forget that we're together. So the question I have is, why are you here? Whenever you first come into this place, what is our attention on? What are we focused on? Are we focused on um, ourselves? 
Are we intentional about giving our attention to one another? Could we consider being open and genuine with one another? And I know we're not all extroverts, right? Some of us are introverts. I get that. But if those people that you really connect with, are, are, are you willing to be open and honest with them whenever they ask you, how are you doing? Could we let each other know how we really feel? And would you be willing, when you ask that question, to really hear how somebody is doing? Because those conversations aren't always quick. And this is important, because Sunday after Sunday, not everybody is just fine. There are hurting believers who are losing their way. There are members and there are guests alike who come because they just need an ounce of hope. That's all. There are students, both junior high, college, who are just trying to figure out what is going on. Why is this even, why, why does it even matter? Some of these people may be sitting in a few pews away from you. Some of them may be sitting right next to you. Some people need help urgently. Do we notice? I think sometimes we need to be reminded of our mission of the body of Christ. We need to be reminded of our mission because if we forget our mission, then what is the point of all of this? Several years ago, I went on a cruise. Well, many years ago, um, and it was a smaller boat. It was being sold to the Greeks to make way for their brand new fleet. And I'm telling you, this is nothing like the huge ships that they have today. It's, it's amazing. This one was nice. This is not the one I went on. Mine was probably about a fourth of this size, you know. Uh, but some of these that they have today, man, they are great. You know, the one I went on was more about the good old days of sailing and the experience, you know, being outside. Uh, it was memorable. You know, cruise ships travel to some fancy destinations. Lots of things to see, lots of adventure. There are programs and excursions and, you know, amphitheaters in the back of the boat. Look at that. It's craziness. Lots of things to do. People tend to really enjoy themselves, you know, which they should. There's shows. There's service that's you know, top-notch. The experience is, is, you know, usually excellent. In fact, you know, there's a small group of people whose job it is to make everybody comfortable. The whole crew, they're, they're small compared to the amount of travelers that they have on the actual boat. In fact, they always are asking people, how you doing? Are you okay? You comfortable? Everything to your liking? Are you good? You know, and, uh, you know, they're asking, how's your room? How's your meal? Uh, if there's something wrong, then, then what they'll do is they'll adjust what they're doing to kind of, you know, make sure people aren't complaining. And they want people to have the best possible experience. And, and meanwhile, these passengers, they continue on their way from one point to another. They soak up the sun. They participate in those events that really kind of suit them, the ones that, that really are for them. You know, Disney cruises today are huge because parents have an opportunity for someone else to watch their kids while they can go and do their things. You know, it's, it's, it's great. Everybody loves it. Kids, parents, guests, you know, they should. The crew knows exactly how to ensure that each person is satisfied. 
they leave. They'll usually leave the ship. If they love it, they're going to tell their friends. It's all great. You know, if they love the ship, they'll return. If they don't like it, there's hundreds to choose from for their next cruise. And the cruise industry does pretty well. Well, if there are any storms or pandemics, they have the routine down. When it's, when it's great, it runs like clockwork. It's a routine, you know, ships doing the same thing, route, the same route over and over, passengers embarking, leaving their problems behind for just a moment, no real, real, real responsibilities, just, just comfort, no real mission, just rest and relax, right? Whenever I was, uh, before I met Shelly, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, and there was a brief moment when I thought, I will join the military. One thing I love is the Navy. You know, I thought, hey, I'll join the Navy because, you know, you get to wear the cool outfit, right? Is it outfit? Is that what you call it in, in the military? Um, right? You know, white looks good on me. Um, and so a, a friend of mine that I worked with at the time, he was a retired naval petty officer, and he worked on the aircraft carriers. It was the ones that you know, he landed the planes. And I said, so tell me about what you do when you're deployed. Do you, you know, get to have leave when you go to these different countries, you know? Do you get a day off during the week? And, and he's, he looked at me, he started laughing. And he goes, boy, every day's Monday. I didn't enlist. I like my weekends. But I started thinking about this idea of being on a ship. You know, when you're on a ship like this, you have a very clear mission. You see things that you would not ever be able to see when you're alone. You have a job. You have a task. You have a responsibility that might be unique to you and just a few others. You have a job that, that could affect the entire crew if it weren't done well and completely. On these ships, these are real people depending on each other. Friendships develop, bonds are made, not because of commonalities, but because these people are in the thick of it every day working to make sure that this mission gets accomplished. When you're in the Navy on this one of these ships, you matter. You depend on each other. You work, you live, you breathe your mission and your responsibility. And this mission succeeds or fails based on the actions of its crew. If you didn't do your job, there were very real consequences. I mean, think about it. You're in the middle of the ocean. All you have is each other. Now, the crew may not know exactly where they're going at any given moment, but what they do know is their mission. They know their friendship. They know their responsibility to one another. It's very clear. There are some life-changing experiences that happen when you're out to sea. Transformation occurs physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. So I'm going to ask again, why do you come here? Why are you here week after week? And how often do we treat this place as if it's more of a cruise ship? find yourself participating in only those things that are fun and exciting, the things that may be pertaining to you. 
Do you find yourself complaining when there aren't enough activities offered? Maybe there's not enough opportunity for you. Maybe you find yourself complaining when things aren't just right or the boat's rocking a little too much for your liking. Or do you come with mission in mind? Purpose. When you walk through these doors, you know your purpose. To love God, to make disciples, to share the good news of Jesus, to love one another, to encourage, to build up, to spur one another on, to to good deeds and to doing good work, to share the hope that is within you? Are we focused on, on loving God by sacrificing our desires and our wants? And Because as, as Paul says in Romans 12, that's true and proper worship right there. And when it comes to the kingdom of God, there's a lot of work to be done. Listen to how Jesus kind of worked in Matthew chapter 9. Uh, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. He was teaching, he was sharing the hope that he had, and he's making physical, personal connection with people. And when he saw the crowds, he didn't just see them and move on. No, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. He saw through their exterior to what they really were. These are people who need God. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. Almost like, can you see it, guys? Can you see it? But the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I'm telling you, we need workers. We need people who pay attention. But sometimes I think we're more comfortable as passengers. Cruise ships sail for days and weeks at a time, but even though they see some amazing sight, they end up right back where they started. There may be some motion, but there's really not a lot of mission. Going through the same motions every week, the same routes every week. You know, if we did that all the time, are we better because of that? The question I have is, are we leaving here stuffed because we've gorged ourselves or are or irritated because things are, are not just right? You know, a battleship could be deployed for days, months, weeks at a time. Years even. Every day on a battleship is Monday, right? But the difference is they have a mission to complete. And when they return, the crew is going to be closer, more dependent on one another. They're going to be more appreciative of what they have, what they've been given, what they've endured together. They're going to have a deeper understanding of what mission and purpose and their place in the world. And the second question, I'm not going to spend as much time on this, just another minute or two. What kind of person are you going to choose to be? These are why questions we need to ask ourselves. What, what kind of church are we going to choose to be? Are we going to be part of the crew? Are we going to remain a passenger? Because when it comes right down to it, we have that choice of, of how we will follow. And as you're deciding, I want you to remember there is a lot of work to do. Not just here, but in your community, in your oikos, in that 8 to 15 people that you see each and every day. People that, that need, the harvest is plentiful. The weak need to be encouraged. The lost, they need to be reached. People need to see and hear why it's important to follow Jesus with our whole mind, our heart, and our strength. And I think when we can start to see others from this perspective, then opportunity will come.
Amazing things will happen for this church family. But it takes risk. It takes investment. Physical investment, personal investment, prayer investment, financial investment. It takes risk, investment, and it takes a humble heart. And honestly, if you don't know how to encourage, let us help you. We'll, we'll, we'll show you how to encourage. If you don't know how to disciple somebody, then let us disciple you, and then you can learn how to disciple somebody else. I mean, I need discipling. God has, has been discipling me for a long time, and I have mentors and people in my life who do this. We all need this. You know, you have to be a full participant in order to learn how to disciple. Because this is what I love about this church. We all have gifts to bring. We all have people to love. We all have people to serve. And I am confident when we, when we choose to fully invest in God's mission, however old we are, however young we are, whatever life stage we are in, when we decide to fully invest, then what we're going to see is we're going to see His vision of what we are capable of. We're going to be able to see what He sees and the faith He has in us of what we can do together. In fact, I think there's going to be more opportunity than we know what to do with. Which it seems like it's been the M.O. for this church family for I don't know how long. When we get to work, when we wake up, you know what? Every day will be Sunday. Exciting would that be? Because it really is our choice. Two questions I want you to think about this week. Why are you here? And what are you going to choose to do? It's your choice. And I'm going to end my time with just encouraging you. Very simply, with the same words that Moses used to encourage his people. I'm going to encourage you to choose life so that you and your children may live. I'm going to encourage you to listen to God's voice. Hold fast to Him. And know this. I know what the world says. I know what the world is offering. But the Lord, God, is your life. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment. Help us to be people who will take this word easy or as difficult as it may be. And Lord, help us as, as we move forward this week to choose well. Help us to choose you, to choose life, and to really ask ourselves, um, what are we doing? Because if we miss our mission, then what is, what is the point? Lord, help us to be people who love from the very core of our being and serve because we love you. Help us to be people who do not hold on to those things that will bring us down, but to let go of our life so that we may save it. Lord, we trust you. Give us joy, and peace, and kindness, and goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together. If you need prayer, we have men and women around the room. I'll be up front. And if you just want to pray for us, please do that. We need it. Let's sing.